0: What's up, family? You guys doing all right today? Everybody good? All right, come on, give it up for God if you're thankful to be in his presence and in the house today. Man. man. Y'all like coming to the 10 o'clock service, man. I think we might need to build a building or something like that. We'll get on that. I'll make a little note here to build something. More seats. Got it. And a parking lot. Praise God. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, love worshipping with you guys. You guys like that new song Heaven and earth, man, I love that i love I just want i 'm singing that Heaven and earth collide you know man that 's what we need right now we need We need heaven to collide with us and our lives and everything that's going on I, I want to talk to you about a subject today and and i didn 't really necessarily realize it until I got into it the first service that uh it's pretty punchy, I guess. Uh, uh, and, and so I, I want you to know up front that I'm certainly not trying to hurt anybody's feelings or offend anybody. But it is a subject we ought to talk about. But here's the deal. It's also a subject that, that sometimes when you, when you say this is what you're going to talk about, people are like, oh, I already know how to do that. I'm good. Good to go. Uh, even if you're at a pastor's conference, you're trying to train pastors on something that they could do in ministry. A lot of times you get to this subject and they are like, yeah, we already do that. We know how to do that. We can just move on. I'm bored. Uh, And here's the deal. You will get bored of this if you don't take it home and apply it. But if you take it home and apply it, it it's going to change your life. Because today I want to talk about prayer. As a church recently, specifically our staff, uh, us as pastors, Pastor Rick including, we've just been talking about how we have felt a little bit uncovered as a church in prayer. That we just feel like maybe there's just not quite enough spiritual covering that we need as a church right now and here's the deal i mean we are chock full of vision pastor rick full of vision and some of you you may be new around here and and you haven't heard but we we believe that god has given us a vision to help reach the state of arkansas we know we have to partner with the body of christ and other churches to do that but we believe that that's a mandate that god has given us and he's helping us do that uh, we have 12 locations that, that are, are, are all over the state right now, but we believe that God has called us to plan up to 50, maybe even more campuses eventually. And we're gonna be all over the state. Uh, we've got campuses we're planning this next year. We're gonna be in Benton and Bryant soon. We're gonna be in communities close to Russellville soon. We know that we're gonna be in Jonesboro. It's just a matter of time. There's, there's a lot of cities and communities that we know that we're gonna be in, but here's the deal. Satan knows that and he hates us and he wants to shut it down. And, and we have to be, Determined, vigilant, humble, teachable, pursuing the face of God in prayer every single day. Had a thought. A lot of us, maybe most of us, and I'm not going to survey because you'd get very passionate about this, but we're not very happy with the state of our nation right now. But here's the question. If every believer in our nation prayed the way that you were praying, what would our nation look like then? Because I, I would guess that I actually already know the answer. It would look like it looks like right now. And I don't mean that as a slam because this is just as much for me as it is for you. But I know that I, I have not been praying like I know that, I, that I, I should be praying. I haven't been. And here's the thing. It, you either pray in preparation or you pray in the middle of the battle. It's way harder to pray in the middle of the battle. And I think a little bit of it now, it's like we're scrambling like, oh, man, we should have been praying more. But I don't think it's too late. I think we can get back on track, but we have to be intentional about this. Three days ago, I got a call that uh, two of our staff members were in a car wreck. They're actually on their way over from our Conway campus. They're coming here to Cabot to help us work on the new building. A couple of guys have been very faithful through the process of just helping us get everything set up great guys um, and they were on 65 car pulled out in front of them and uh and they hit them and unfortunately the other person lost their life our staff guys they're okay um, one of them did break their ankle he had to get surgery to get it repaired but when we first got the report we didn't know any of the details so pastor rick just got on social media and said i just need everybody to pray So I saw it pretty quickly, and so I liked it. And, of course, as soon as you like something on on Facebook, you get notifications every time somebody else likes it or makes a comment or whatever. And typically, my notifications are off just because it it can drive you crazy after a while. But, But on this one, it was on. And so it was like my phone was buzzing like every three seconds. And after a while, I was like, okay, this is just ridiculous. But then I just realized what I just was thinking. Like, this isn't ridiculous. These are people saying, we're going to pray. We're going to believe. And then all of a sudden, then I saw it as like these notifications from heaven. So here's the question. How many notifications is heaven getting from you? Like, Like, are you notifying heaven in your prayer that you're going you're to seek the face of God. I wants to be at a place where, where heaven's getting so many notifications that it is shaking the throne of heaven because of the buzz. It's just going crazy. You know, the sound barrier, back when they were still trying to break the sound barrier, they would get right up, to the speed where they would break the sound barrier, but the planes, they were still trying to make them strong enough because the planes are just shaking. And I don't know exactly how it all works, but I know as soon as they got past that speed, all of a sudden, you didn't even have to push the throttle quite as hard. Like you could even pull back a little bit because it was so much smoother once you finally got there. But you had to break through that first to get to that place. And I feel like that's, kind of where we are, where, where life and everything around us is going to start shaking like crazy. But if we can press through, if we can press through, we're going to reach a different level. And I believe that God's going to be the one that carries us and, and helps us to not feel like we, we're under this pressure and, and shaking in our lives, so much. Some of this, what's going on? It reminds me a little bit about f- of football. How many of you guys are ready for football season? Anybody ready for football season? Okay, y'all being, you're, like, you're freaking out inside though. Like, oh, uh, maybe I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know how you guys are. Don't act like you all holy in church. You know, be crazy fans. And some of this, some, some of this though, some of what's happening in our lives right now, some of the way that I live sometimes, some of the ways that some of you live is you're like a you're like a team with like three plays. Like LSU. And and uh, even an LSU fan knows this is true. Under L S Miles, how many you you got three plays and they're all running plays. Here's the thing though. You need a strong running game, but at one point or another, you got three, three plays. that are all running plays. Guess what? The defense is going to figure out what you're doing. For some of us, the enemy knows exactly what we're going to do next. If you're going to win games, you've got to have an air game. You've got to be able to throw the ball. Hogs fans are praying as hard as they can right now that we'll have some sort of an air game this year. It's like, <laughs> God help us. But guess what? Your prayers are your air game. If you want to defeat the enemy's plan in your life, you're going to have to go to the air. You're going to have to go to God in prayer and be vigilant about it. This is what it says in 2 Chronicles 15 too. Listen, all you people, the Lord will stay with you as long as you stay with him. If you seek him, you will find him. But if you abandon him, then he will abandon you. And for a long time, Israel has been without the true God. This is, I feel like this is, where we are as a nation, I feel like it's been a long time since God has been a priority. That God was the most important thing to us. Okay, so that's not a great thing. But then it says, it says, and without God's law. Well, we certainly can relate to that. But in their distress, they turned to the Lord and sought him, and he was found by them. We can find him, but we have to seek him. We have to seek him. We've got to do this in our lives. I will say this. There hasn't been a lot of times lately that I've caught myself praying anything like this. Like, God, I'm just so encouraged about the nominees for president. Lord, I just, this is just so good. I feel so confident about the direction our nation is heading. And it's just so good. Thank you, God. Like, I haven't been praying that. Honestly, I've been thinking, I'm going to move off grid. Uh, we're going to find some nice farm country somewhere, and the kids are going to milk the cows and make their own butter, and Cody's going to sew my clothes for me, and that's just the way we're going to live life from now on. That's just what we're going to have to do. But the answer is not going off the grid. And some of you think, no, yes, it is, It absolutely. (laughs) And you're why we can't find ammo around, because you're stockpiling it all. But (laughs) here's the thing. The solution is not going off-grid. The solution is to get into the grind of prayer. Because whoever gets elected, it doesn't matter if it was the perfect nominee or not. The answer to the nation is not government. The answer to the nation is Jesus and us going before him again and humbling ourselves and getting him back into everything that we do. That is the answer. And that happens through prayer. We've got to get back in conversation and dialogue with our God. We need something to wake us up. You guys remember back like in the 80s when, when... they'd play football games and somebody would get knocked out. They didn't care about con- concussions. It was like, big does like, just to carry them over the sidelines, they'd just give them some smelling salt, some ammonia. And they just like, then they run back out on the field, line up on the wrong side, run the wrong direction, but they'd run back out on the field. Just woke them up. And then all the potheads, you know, they're punching themselves in the head and sniffing on ammonia because they thought that was a the way they could get high. And uh, well, Here's the deal. We need to be woken up a little bit. We need... Something to just wake us up out of a stupor that we're in spiritually, so that we can pray again and seek God again. This is a great verse. This is this this is this will wake you up. Ezekiel twenty two thirty. I, this is God speaking, I looked in vain for anyone who would build again the wall of righteousness that guards the land, who could stand in the gap, but I found not one. And this is me sometimes Sometimes I'm the one God is looking and saying, is is anybody going to stand in the gap for righteousness? Is anyone going to seek me and pursue me and call out to me so that the walls of righteousness can be strong around their family, around their marriage, around their community, around their city, around their state, around their nation? Will anyone? It's like, honestly, I'm having a hard time finding them right now. God is looking for people to use. And everything rises and falls on leadership. And until somebody leads in something, it doesn't happen. And we need to be people that lead out in prayer. Ian Bound said this, The devil laughs at our tryings, he scoffs at our efforts, but he shudders in the presence of a man or woman of God on their face before him. Nothing scares the devil more than when God's children start having conversation with their father. That scares him. Let me ask you this, though. How many of you believe in the power of prayer? Come on, survey everybody. everybody. Okay, how many believe in power? Okay, almost everybody. Raise your hand. That's good. I don't want you to answer this second question, though. Do you pray like you believe in the power of prayer? I don't always. You're in church and say, you know, good Christian. I've got to raise my hand. I believe in the power of prayer. Do you believe, and show it by how you pray? I think somebody's praying. Somebody will pray. That's not God's asking you to. I know. I want to be in a place where, when I say I believe in the power of prayer, that I am praying like I believe in the power of prayer. That I that I have that moral authority to say that. This last week we were reading about Nehemiah. And Nehemiah 1 6. This is what he started. See, he was in this place where he had this, this heart is he broken for, for Jerusalem, the holy city, this, this place where the presence of God had been, and the walls were destroyed around this city. And, and Nehemiah sees the state of this place and it's just broken. And so he comes before God. And this is where he says I confess the sins of We Israelites, including myself and my father's house, have committed against you. See, he took personal responsibility. He said, I'm I confess, I repent, I need to seek your face. Not someone else, me. I need to do this. There's a few things that I I think that, that cause us to kind of drop our prayer life. I want to talk through those real quick. First of all, I think we just get distracted. We just get distracted. So many of us, including myself, sometimes we're like this. We're like, God, you're just such a good God, and I just thank you, God. Squirrel! <laughs> and it's it's over. We go and try to read our Bible. And we'll start reading our Bible. We'll be reading our Bible on our Bible. And it's like, man, this word of God is so good. Oh, a Pokemon. Okay, now, here's the deal. I I don't need mean emails from people that go out Pokemon hunting. Okay, I get it. It's great. It gets introverts outside. They're finally getting some vitamin D from the sun and all this kind of stuff. It's all great, fine, and dandy. But, But here's the deal. Maybe when you're out walking all these miles that are so healthy for you, pray for the people that you're walking past. Pray for the community that you're walking in, because you're going after a fictitious creature for a game. But heaven and hell, it's not a game. And it's only the prayers of God's people that make a difference right now. So we've got to be playing and be in the right game. Whew. Please don't send me many emails, but, but I am pretty passionate about that. Here's some stats. The average person spends 50 minutes a day on Facebook, 50 minutes a day on Instagram, up to three hours on their phone. That's the low end. The average person checks their phone 150 times a day. On the high end, it's 1,000 times a day. And from what everything I can see about our people here, it's somewhere in the middle there. I am convinced the issue is not a lack of time. It's an abundance of distractions that keep us from praying. We just have so many things. It's just like we're going. I, I do this too. Like I'm seeking God. My phone buzzes. My time with God's over. I got to go check. Whoa, what was that? What was that? I don't know. I love the Olympics. I have to turn off the notifications though, because it just distracts me so quick. So like, you're checking your phone right now. You're like, oh, Olympics, that's a good idea. Did we win any more medals this morning? So easily distracted. Also, we're drained. We're just drained. We're just exhausted. We, here's the thing. I, I get to a place in my life when, I, when, I, when I'm praying just to maintenance my life. Like some of you have to pre-pray before you pray. Like, God, just help me stay awake. God, just help, help, me, help me keep my eyes open long enough to read a couple verses. God, help me. And it's that kind of mindset and that kind of lifestyle is the reason why we can go on vacation, come home and be exhausted. Like, oh, I can't wait to get on vacation. Vacation is going to be so great. I can't wait to get on vacation, get home from vacation. I'm exhausted from vacation. I'm just so tired. I just want to sleep for days. Look, if you pray out of a place of maintenance instead of out of a place of desire and passion, you will always be tired spiritually. God wants you to be a place where you understand that this relationship that he wants to have with you, it's everything. So you can live with energy and life and vibrancy. But sometimes we're drained. Sometimes we're doubtful. Look, we're, you don't even, you're not going to see God if you don't even believe that what you're asking for is going to happen. And I get that. Look, some of us, we, we, we're like, I tried it. I tried it. It didn't work. I'm not doing it again. But sometimes you got to remember that what you're doing is called faith. And sometimes you've got to speak the prayer and speak the scripture till your mind aligns with your spirit, until you believe in your heart what you know is truth. And keep believing. But sometimes we don't because we doubt. And sometimes we're just distant. Sometimes it just feels like God is in another galaxy. It's so like, I don't even, I don't know. David could relate to this. He said at one point that his prayers, when he would pray, it was like there was a brass ceiling blocking him from heaven. Like every time I'm trying to seek God, and it's just like my prayers just bounce right back down. I can't reach the throne of heaven. And sometimes you feel that way, even though that's not the truth. God is always near to you. But the fact is that when you're in this place, you even try talking to God. It's like the most awkward thing ever. You guys remember that scene in Meet the Parents where he was asked to pray before the meal? Some of y'all, you get distant from God, and when you try to talk to me, it's like that's like, "Oh God, You're a good God, and so accommodating." And uh, God, we thank You for this mortgage board that You have so aptly laid before us today, day by day by day by day. <laughs> These three things we pray to love Thee more dearly to. See thee more clearly, to know thee more nearly, uh, day by day by day, by day, amen. Look, I'm convinced we, we just we don't even know how to talk to God anyway. And this, it's the church's fault. I'll, I'll, I'll take personal responsibility for this one. But some of us, we talk to God like we don't talk to anybody else. And I'm not talking about fear and reverence and respect, okay? God deserves all that. But we change who we are to talk to God. You ever met somebody and they seem like really, really cool, like really relatable and all that, and then they go to pray, and it's like, oh, Father God, we beseech you, oh, Heavenly Father. We thank you, Jesus, that you are in the order of Melchizedek as the high priest. That you are interceding on our behalf and groans and moans that no one can interpret at the right hand of the Father by your spirit. And we thank you. And you're like, what? (laughs) A lot of times we pray, we use the names of God 18 times in the prayer. You wouldn't do that with anybody else. Cody, dear Cody, dear Cody, Jolene, Cody Bennett, Cody, 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 Cody. Thank you, Cody, 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 Cody. Okay, now some of you are like, I am offended. I'm not trying to do that. This is what I'm trying to emphasize. God is near, and he loves you. He just wants you to talk to him. And guess what? He wants to talk to you. That's it. That's it. So, we're going to we're going to learn a little bit more on how to pray because when the disciples came to Jesus and and they said, Jesus, how do we pray? He gave them the best method, but he also gave them the heart behind prayer. Okay? This is what it says in Matthew 6, 9. It's the Lord's Prayer. In this manner, or another way to say it, it's like this is a great method. If you, want, if you just need a reminder, like a structure of prayer every day, this is a great one. Okay? Therefore pray, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as it is in heaven. Give us This day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, you can use any translation because it will work. These are the lessons from the Lord's Prayer. First of all, the Father's heart in prayer. The Father's heart in prayer. Because verse 9 says, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now, this is just remembering that because of Calvary, the cross, because of everything that Jesus did on the cross, we get to call him father. We get to call him dad. Romans 8 14. This is so good. This is, man, this, this is a major element that needs to sink into some of your hearts this morning. So you have not been received, you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. Now this name, Abba, Father, it literally translates to daddy. That's what it translates, daddy. Now the idea for some of you of calling God daddy is uncomfortable anyway because you never had a good dad. God is close and he is a father, but maybe your dad wasn't close and he wasn't a good father and maybe he was distant and abusive and an addict or whatever it is. The fact of the matter is this, that Jesus came and did what he did so all that could be healed so you could experience a real dad, a real father, a real daddy for the very first time. And this is the father heart of God. This is right here in the Lord's prayer. He wants you to know that he is your Abba, that he is near to you, that he loves you, When you are a slave, you honor because of fear. But when you are a son, you honor because you love. And some of you, you feel like you honor God well, but you do it out of a place of fear. And God doesn't want you to honor him out of a place of fear. He wants you to honor him out of a place of freedom because you understand that he loves you as his kid. The other thing is this, the daily need of prayer. The daily need of prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. How many of you guys love bread? You mean bread lovers in the house? Come on now. Jesus loves some carbs too. I mean, he's all up in it. One of the things that I've learned as a pastor is this. Sheep bite. And it won't kill you, but it can hurt. And and as a pastor, there are a few things that sheep like to get after you about. There's a lot of things. There's, there's, there's a list that's very common among pastors, okay, the things that, that people would, would say we don't do a good job with. One, they would say that we just don't love the lost enough. You don't love the lost enough. Uh, another thing is they'd say we don't love the Holy Spirit enough. And the third thing is we don't teach the Word enough. Okay, I want to talk about the Word side because one of the things that I know is it's my responsibility to teach you to self-feed, Because at the end of the day, even if you came in here and I read the word of God to you for 35 minutes straight, it's still not enough word. Because it says, give us this daily bread. It's a daily bread. When he fed the Israelites, guess how he did it? He fed them daily. He gave them what they needed for the day. Why? Because he wants us to be in a place of dependency on him. He wants us to be in a place where we seek him and we need revelation from him to make it through the day. So here's the deal. If you're not getting in the word, I would complain too. Because you're going to be spiritually hungry. You're not going to have enough. You've got to seek Him daily and self-feed. It's a lot like having a wife. Any of you men that are married in here, you know what this is like, because here's the deal. You can pour into your wife all day long, love and romance and all this great stuff, and the next day, it's gone. (laughs) They are like a bottomless pit of love and passion and romance and, and you've got to fill it every single day. <laughs> we thank you God for that responsibility and the high calling as husbands to fill that. <laughs> it's the same thing with the word of God. You have to get it. You've got to get it daily. God wants you to depend on him every day. You do it through prayer and pursuing him in his word. You need him daily. And it's not just word. It's word. It's not just bread. It's revelation. That's what God wants to have with you through his word. The other thing, the repentance of prayer. The repentance of prayer. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. A lot of us, we, we don't really mind asking God to forgive us. We like that part, but you also have to forgive others. I mean, you don't really understand forgiveness until you can do both. And this, this is a, a point for some of you where this is where the rubber hits the road when it comes to you moving forward in things that God has for you because until you forgive and release people that have hurt you, that have offended you, that have made you angry, you're going to miss the things of God here's the thing. Your sin it may not affect your position with God, but your sin and how you handle the sin of others will affect your relationship with God. And one of the most powerful things that we can do as believers is to forgive and release people. And for some of you, the most powerful thing that you can do is to go and, and speak forgiveness in your prayer and at one point Peter came to Jesus and said hey Jesus how many times should we forgive somebody like seven times he was trying to be impressive because Jewish law said you only had to forgive three times like well I'll do that and I'll add one more and I'm a kind of an important guy around here big deal and Jesus is like no Peter you're missing again not seven times it's 70 times seven and he wasn't saying forgive 490 times then you're done he's saying this forgive, and if you're keeping count, you don't understand forgiveness. Aren't you glad that God is not keeping count with you? I'm way over quota. Like, we need some exponents, a scientific calculator. We're going to need some creative math to cover all my stuff. The other thing is this. Protection of prayer. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Look, we need prayer for protection over our families, over our marriages, our homes, our communities, our city, our state, our nation. We need prayers of protection. And it's just standing on the authority that you have in Jesus and saying, hey, if you're a Christ follower, we talked about this last week, if you're a Christ follower, you have full authority over any plan or attack of the enemy. This has to be a prayer where you're seeking God for that protection. Also, the eternal perspective in our prayer. The eternal perspective in our prayer. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Here's the thing it says, Your kingdom come, your will be done. Look, God's kingdom, God's kingdom is wherever his will is done, and his will is wherever his will is done, his kingdom's going to be there. So it's a little redundant. But that's talking about every day of an understanding of, look, we need his kingdom to be a part of our life. We want his will to be a part of our life. If we seek his kingdom, we will do his will. If we do his will, we will see his kingdom. But this is talking about just this great hope that we have for heaven, that we're thankful. We praise God for how big he is and we're thankful for eternity. This is a great structure that just reminds you of how to pray every day but we want to give you some practical things before you go, some vision. And in order to get that and get it clearly, I want us to hear it from Pastor Rick, our lead pastor, uh, just so you can hear and see his heart, but just so you know what we're going to do as a church. So
1: let's watch this together. Hey, New Life Church, Pastor Rick here. Listen, I am so excited about what God is doing in, in the state of Arkansas, at New Life Church, in other churches. I've never been so compelled the vision that we have. Right now, I'm talking about it and praying about it. I'm excited about it. If you were able to come to my home, you would get tired of hearing about it. You would even say, Rick, I don't want to hear about it anymore. And I would say, well, let me just tell you a little bit more because I'm so excited about what God is doing. But let me tell you about a major concern I have deep in my gut. It's in the spirit of God, I believe, that God has given this to me. And that is, we are not covered in prayer. We have to be covered in prayer. There's three things that God asks us to do as a church. Number one, to evangelize. We're acing that. To disciple others. We are acing that. But the third one, to pray. He said, I want you to call my house a house of prayer. We have to ace this. I think we've taken our eyes off of it. So I do not feel covered in prayer as a pastor. It's not a, a place of confidence. So I have a vision that I think we can all do. And I want to give it to you. It's something simple. It comes from 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. To paraphrase that, that scripture, it says, If my people, my people will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. Second Chronicles 7.14. What I'm asking all of you to do is every day at 7.14, 7.14 a.m. or 7.14 p.m., set a, a reminder on your phone. Just get along with God at, at those times and pray. Pray for our church, for our vision. Pray for the families of NLC. Pray for other churches around where you live, like churches that you pass by and pray that the spirit of god will heal our land in our nation this is going to happen between now and all the way to election day listen i believe our nation needs the church it's dark out there right now but the the light of god it shines best in darkness so let's be humble in the presence of god seek his face let's pray i'm asking you please let's be obedient to the call that god has given us Jesus' name. God bless you in your own church.
0: Here, this is one thing that's really important for you to know. Uh, this church was not established on a cool band. Um, this church was not established through good marketing. This, this church was not established by gifted staff. This church was established in prayer. And anything that makes any difference last it's established by communicating with the creator of the universe let's make it a priority amen we do that with us you do that with us can you find a couple minutes every day 7:14 in the morning or in the evening just to stop reflect with whoever you're with wherever you are just stop spend a couple minutes you have more time great some of you you're going to realize you're going to discover for the first time that you are an intercessor and you didn't know it before you're going to start praying and you're not going to want to stop. And guess what? We need you on our prayer team. Our prayer team does an incredible job. Incredible. None of this is about them not doing what they're supposed to do. They do exactly what they're supposed to do. But we all need to be praying more. Amen? Let's close our eyes. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you. We thank you for your word this morning. Pray you'd help us to respond. One of the things that we talk about every weekend has to do with that. The one point we talked about is that we feel distant from God. And you can't have good communication with your Heavenly Father if you, you don't see Him that way. You've never accepted Him as that. And so I want to give you a chance to do that. There's a lot of ways that I could present this, but I'm going to present it in a little bit of an aggressive way, and that is this. I want to ask you this question. Are you completely confident that you, if you died today that you would go you completely confident that if something happened, something tragic happened, you lost your life, would you go to heaven? Because I believe that you can have that confidence and I want you to have that confidence that you know who you belong to, that you know where you would go. And some of you, you had that confidence at one point, but you you may feel like you've just gotten distracted. You've, you've gotten off track and you you feel distant from God, even though he is still near to you. But maybe you just need to rededicate your life to him this morning. If you're in either one of those places, please, nobody looking around. But just just so I know who I can be praying with and for. And if that's you, you're ready to just confess your need for God. I want you just to slip your hand up. As soon as I see your hand, you can put it down. God, thanks, man. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Got it right here. Anybody else? Got you out over here. Thanks. Yes, ma'am. Anybody else? I just need to come to Jesus. I need him. I need a relationship with him today. Anybody else? Okay, just want to make sure I don't miss anybody. All right. Maybe I have five or six hands. Okay. For those that just raised their hand, it's important you know that you, the word says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth then you'll be saved and, and that's important because it's, it's this inward commitment but there's this outward de- declaration that needs to be made the best way to do that is through water baptism but it, it at least tell somebody that you've made this decision but right there in your seat just have a simple conversation with the Lord Just say, God, I'm a sinner. I know that I've sinned. I know I can't save myself. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for my sin. I ask for your forgiveness, and I invite you to be my Lord. Come and have control. I don't want to live for myself. I don't want to live according to what the world wants. I want to live according to your word. I want to be led by your spirit. God, I want to be connected to the body of Christ so that they can help me and encourage me. I thank you for that. God, I pray that we as a church would be people of prayer because really all that means is that we're just people that understand that we have a good, good God who is near and loves us and we love to talk to you and we love you to talk to us. I pray that that would be more and more of a reality in every one of our lives, just the relationship that we can have with you. I thank you for that, God. In Jesus' name, Amen, amen. Come on, let's give God a hand if you're thankful for his word this morning.